Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're in the state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in Letitia and Brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. We'll pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned. What week are we on? I, honestly, we're so far in, I've lost track. I feel like we're about five in. Something like that, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, what have you been doing this week? I'm busy. Sorry, we're busy. I'm busy. What are you? Busy vacationing. No, I have been all over Tennessee today, taking care of one horse right after another and happy tore a toenail on the 4th of July because he's scared of fireworks. Had to take him to the vet today. It's just been. Wow. Okay. What do you I actually had an amazing weekend. Tell me about it. I on Saturday, was that the 4th? Yes. Okay. I just had two friends over and we laid out in my pool and just hung out. We ordered pizza and we just had the best time. And then yesterday, me and Juliana drove to my friend Susie's house down in Malibu and we had the best time. We just really, we had lunch by the pool and caught up and talked and like, it was just amazing. The most relaxing weekend I think I've had in like the longest time. Wow. Yes. Like people are always like, what'd you do this weekend? And I literally can never even remember, but this weekend was so good just because I just got to hang out with my girlfriends both days. It was awesome. Oh, and I also did a lot of planting, uh, which I showed on my Instagram stories. I have to say like, holy crap, my green thumb is insane. Can you come to this at my house? I could use some plants. They'll just die in the winter. No, succulents. I can keep a succulent alive like nobody's business. I know. I need to get to Tennessee. You know, if if I'm coming though, I'm driving. I like we're midst of pandemic. I mean, like this thing is out of control again, and there is no amount of money that I'm getting on a plane. So can you hurry? Yeah, <laughs> be there very soon. Your basement's looking great. I was down there today. I can't wait to see. I can't wait. And I'll have you know that Reinhardt and his mother both listened and loved last week's episode, specifically our fashion segment where we got to rip Matt to shreds. I mean, we kind of, you know, we, we said he dressed like crap before I met him and he was laughing about it. He was like, you and your mom are so funny. Your podcast is so great. I was like, really? All we did was basically say you can't, couldn't dress yourself before you met me. And he was like, yeah, it was funny. I think all my guy friends listen to that podcast because as one of my friends right before I went to bed put, okay, <laughs> I heard your podcast. So basically you hate every article of clothing I own. Basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know who was the big winner of that day? Nat? Coach Gary Morris. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Coach Morris, Missy said, was strutting it around pretty good this week because he was feeling like he was working because we said basically what he wears every day is what every guy should wear. It's- so Missy was like, oh. Like, Gare was a nightmare this week. 
Uh, believe it or not, I had a friend DM me and be like, LOL, I was listening to your mom's podcast and I love a guy in cargo shorts. I was like, I heard that quite a few times too. So I was going to say, you know what? I went a little hard on the khakis. It's the khaki plus the cargo I can't deal with. Yeah. It's just the color. But even honestly, khaki, it's just like, it's honestly like how much dollar can you get them khaki? That's what I'm saying. Like so vanilla. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so all my, anybody that I knew that was a man was like, ouch, like rethinking my closet right now. <laughs> I'm glad we did a public service then. Like, Absolutely. Should I go through my Amazons today? How much do you buy on Amazon weekly, honestly? You know what? Not that much. And this, I was going to say this week, the things that I purchased are so easy. One, right have you ever heard of Egyptian magic? Is it a face mask? It's like a salve almost. You know, it's clear and it's like balm, like balmy. Yes. Yeah, balm. But anyway, it's called Egyptian magic. But I read somebody that said that they put it on their lips and around their eyes every single night before bed and like all their fine wrinkles went away. So I bought some Egyptian magic, started using it. My little eyes right here, it wakes up and it's glowing right there. Oh, yeah, it's really good. And then I also bought this new Hemp's lotion. Oh, I love Hemp's lotion. Shout out. Have you used the yellow one that is like honeysuckle, melon, whatever? You don't even understand the smell. It is the best smell I've ever smelled in my life. And that lotion is so good. Well, I have a competitive lotion pick for you. Um, I recently, I'm obsessed with the scent of sage. So I recently did a search for lotions that smell like sage and Bliss makes a body lotion that's lemon sage. Yeah, Bliss, lemon sage, body butter. There are two different smells. Like they're two different smells and I, but I love that one too. What do you mean two different? Oh, like yours and like- Mine is a very like fruity, sweet, but so yummy. Mine's an earthy smell. Uh, It is, but I'm obsessed with lemon and you really smell the lemon in it and I love it. Mm. Number three is I got an iPad stand, like just this little silver sleek stand that my iPad can sit on in the kitchen. You can just place it anywhere and it is the perfect angle. So whether I'm like, watching a plant video while I cook or whatever. I just move it. And it is so convenient. And it was like $25. It has changed my life. You love a stand for your technology. I have to. You love it. I love it. I have a stand for my phone, now for my iPad. I have a stand for everything. No, I'm telling you though this, this is a life changer. You know, you love like a magnetic phone holder in the car, like the dorky stuff that sticks out of the cup holder. Because I do not want to hold my phone in the car. It's dangerous. You shouldn't, but. But also back to the stand, (sighs) it actually just adds a real modern, it feels like you've like got one of those tech homes, even if you don't. I don't have a tech home, but with that iPad on a stand on the kitchen, it's like, oh, let me get over here and check the, no, like I'm really just watching plant videos, but it looks so cool on my counter. You're insane. Yeah. So anyway, two lotions and a stand. What I bought on Amazon this week, a food scale. Wow. 13 bucks. I wish I had a better answer. It's really to measure my horse supplements (laughs) because them by weight. (laughs) But maybe I need a food scale for my kitchen. I don't know. It's kind of nice. 
I just don't know why you would do that. When people cook, Tish, people in this world cook. I know that's a foreign subject to you because you don't cook. You make oatmeal and cereal every day, and that's what you survive on. But other people cook, and apparently when you cook, recipes call for things in weight sometimes. I have a few other plants and greens that we could weigh on that food scale too. Doesn't it sound nice? <laughs> that's When you said food scale, I'm like, what are you growing? Oh, well, no. No, we should be growing it here on the farm. Come on. I, I said... If we grew it on the farm, we would call it Cyrus Family Flower. Ooh, that's a good name. Isn't that good? Trademark that right now before someone Well, else. you know what? I'm sure everybody will decide we, they want to do that when I'm like in my 70s and going to kill over. Like, oh yeah, you remember when I tried to get us to do that like 25 years ago? Then why don't you just do it? Take. I think it, if it's Cyrus Family Flower, we all have to be really involved. Like how involved? I'm busy. <laughs> I'll do the social media promotion. Dang. I know I need to. I just told everybody, I've ran out of every plant. I've been planting my little heart out. I might as well move on to that. Mm -hmm. Seriously. But anyway, also, so this segment is called High Design. Remember your revelation though? You were like, oh, I get it. I get why it's called High Design. Oh yeah, because it's high-end design, not high high design. But that's true too. But, um, you know, actually... It's, it's both. So take it how you want it, but this is high design. And I was just saying, I do not know why, but I just keep everything that I love and am drawn to right now as a circle. What is up with that? That's really crazy. Can you Google that and see if there's a meaning to where all of a sudden you become like really visually, I want everything to be a circle. I don't know why, but anyway, while you're Googling, I had this design meeting with my friend, Matt, who I talk about all the time. And he is my favorite designer, everything. Like I've always had a design crush on Matt. So it's so fun. We're working on Miley's house together and my house together. And we just love working together. But I do think we should call him in like next week. Yeah. Why don't you guys actually, we leave where you can leave us a voicemail and ask Brandy and I questions. I think it would be really fun for you guys to also ask Matt design questions. He is so good at what he does. But yeah, let's have Matt on, Matt Sanders. Okay, so we're getting ready to release something Matt and I did. We took a separate space outside of the house. It's insane. It, they call it the Bali Tea Hut. I have no idea what I was thinking about putting the Bali Tea Hut in my backyard. But like 15 years ago or 10 years ago, I thought it was a good idea. But anyway, it was your dad's gym. And he hasn't been working out as much with weights. And so I took all the gym equipment out and I was like, what am I going to do with this? So we've been calling it the Disco Treehouse. <laughs> and so it's really, really cute. And I planned on it also being a music space, but also my podcast space and like just a, kind of like a really cool hangout. And I was going to hang all your dad's guitars in there. And now <laughs> he has this bulletin board he always puts pictures on. And it is so janky that I was like, how do I make this like, cool and still give him a space and it doesn't look like a bulletin board. So Matt and I were talking and I had this picture of, of paint that was done and it was like a blue tone on a blue tone, just dark blue over a lighter blue. And it was this huge circle and it was so cool. So Matt and I decided that, that we were also going to take like a darker blue and do a huge blue circle of fabric on top of a cork board. It really bigs and it's just gonna be the center of the room. And then when your dad wants to pin things like pictures, it will look so cool and it'll be like a piece of art. It'll be a place to do pictures. I can hang up my design ideas and it's gonna function, but it's also gonna be a piece of art and it's also a very large circle. 
I love this idea. You know, I love a cork board because uh, I love to make like collages of like personal stuff and and put them up on the walls. But I, I always hate the way the cork board looks. This is a genius idea. I know. So I am going to do that this next week. Mm-hmm. I love tone on tone using yeah. a darker color with the lighter color on top or vice versa. Exact same family, just two different, you know, shades of the same blue. And it just looks so pretty. And I'll put that inspiration picks up, but just because I think in design paint is such a great way to update a space that's very inexpensive. And, you know, if you already have a wall, a certain color and you want to do like a darker, just shape in the middle of that wall on a really large scale just can make such an impact. Um, well, okay. I Googled meaning of circles. Okay. You're going to like this. Granted, it's from Google, so who knows? The circle is a universal symbol with extensive meaning. It represents the notions of totality, wholeness, original perfection, the self, the infinite, eternity, timelessness, all cyclic movement, God. God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. I can't even deal with this right now. <laughs> Wait, I got to read that one more time. That's can crazy. Please read that one more time and just a hair slower. I talk so fast. The circle is a universal symbol with extensive meaning. It represents the notions of totality, wholeness, the self, the infinite, eternity, and God. This makes me deep. so happy. You know what? That is exactly what the circle means. And I love that. That is so beautiful. It's interesting. I actually have this, this stucco wall that goes through a gate when you come into my house. And I've been wanting to put something that just is really cool when you come through the entry. Now it's just going to be like a big circle, I think. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. A lot. Also, the circle for me is all about the sun and the moon and God. I mean, honestly, that's just, this is just awesome. I'm so glad we talked about this. Wait, I had a really good other design tip. I don't know. You talk about plants every week. Circles. Oh, yes. So my friend Susie, when I was at her house this weekend, she had just a really simple glass vase and she had just gone out and picked a bunch of wildflowers. Like I think it was lilac and just a huge bunch of them, and they were short. It was just perfection, and just in a clear vase and sitting in this table, and it just looks so chic and just such an easy thing to do that if you have a leftover vase, doesn't cost anything, take a walk and go pet some flowers in your neighbor's yard. But anyway, it was pretty easy, and it was just so gorgeous, and I just loved that, and I came home and immediately did it in my own house. Love it. You're hilarious. (laughs) All right, who's ready for a little dear MT? Hi, Brandy and Tiz. This is Courtney from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, this is a question for Brandy. So my sister and I are six years apart, just like you and Miley, and I'm the older sister. And growing up, we never really, we weren't really close, and we still aren't really that close. And I can't even imagine having, like, music careers and that sort of what, for me and my sister would be kind of rivalry going on. So how did you and Miley or even you and all your other siblings, since you're all in music, um, kind of avoid that like sibling rivalry? Or if you did, like what are some examples of, of difficult times y'all have had with stuff like that? Loving the podcast. I'm in the middle of the second episode. So keep it up. Y'all are awesome. Bye. Love Courtney. Should we just call it Dear BC this week? Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, this is a great question, Courtney. So 
You know, it's funny. Like, so Miley and I are six years apart and then Noah and I are, is it 13 years apart, mom? Yep. Jeez, I'm old. Um, so yeah, quite, quite a big gap in ages. And we're, we are like, our family is so close, but we've definitely gone through different phases. Like as we've been different ages, like when we were really, really young, Miley and I were so close and, and we had a lot of the same interests. We loved being outside with my dad and playing in the Creek and, and things like that. And then as we got older, you know, for a minute there, like I drove Miley everywhere and we were so close. And then when she got her driver's license and gained some independence, we grew apart a little bit. And, you know, when she kind of got into those like late teens, early twenties, and I started kind of going into adult mode, we just kind of, um, you know, lost interest in a lot of the same things and, and the ways we were spending our time. And we, it's not that we grew apart. We just didn't spend as much time together. And it actually like used to make me a little sad, but now that Miley's gotten into her older twenties and she's kind of going into more of that adult mode too, we've become so close again. Now we spend so much more time together because we have the same interests. And Noah and I have done the same thing. When she was really young, we both rode horses and we spent every day doing that. And now that Noah's 20, like, you know, she's out hanging with friends at Steak and Shake or whatever it is in LA in and out burger until 3.30 in the morning. And I go to bed at 9 p.m. So we just don't really have the same hobbies because of the big age gap. But at the end of the day, Noah and I are super close. And even though we don't talk on the phone all the time or we don't spend a bunch of time together, she knows that if she needs me, I'm there for her and vice versa. And it's like, we're one phone call away. And I think making sure that with your siblings, like, you know, it's okay not to talk every day as you grow older and it's okay not to spend a bunch of time together as long as, you know, you kind of put it out there like, Hey, I love you. I'm here for you. And you know, you've got each other's backs. Cause that's what family's all about. And I think as long as you have that basis that as life goes on and you go through different phases, different ages, wrap it up tits. eventually we'll become closer. Chatty Kathy. All right, guys, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite sponsors, Nutrafol. I take my Nutrafol. Do you take your Nutrafol? I take my Nutrafol all the time. I do too. I'll have the one for 50 and over. I was going to say, there's a <laughs> few different formulas. Uh, there is one for women that are postmenopausal, yes, which is. would be my mother. <laughs> um, and if you're confused about like which formula of Nutrafol is right for you, you can go on their website and they do have a quick hair quiz that you can take. You just answer a few questions and then they will tell you which formula is right for you. If you aren't familiar, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I've taken it for years. I can tell a huge difference. I can too. I have such like baby fine hair and not very much of it, but I, my hair does not shed. Like it really doesn't. And some of my my girlfriends, like when they come on trips with me and stuff, their hair will be everywhere, like all over the sink and in the shower. I just do not lose hair like that. And I feel like you used to and don't anymore. I did. <laughs> Honestly, maybe, but I definitely do not anymore. Like I barely even lose hair in my brush when I brush well, it out. This is amazing. I'm so tell the stoners how we get it. Also, Nutrafol has a subscription that you can do so that it shows up on your I, doorstep. I do a subscription. Okay, so clutch. That way you never run out. All right, you guys, if you want to take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code STONED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com promo code STONED. 
That's Nutrafol.com promo code STONED. So this is one of my favorites. It's the Integra Boost, um, which helps keep your weed fresher. It sure does. Integra specially brings you plant-based solutions for top-tier cannabis storage and packaging. And my favorite part is, is that with the terpenes, that you can kind of mix and match and make them different flavors and just kind of specialize your weed. Totally. Plus, they are precision-crafted, plant-based packs that are entirely food-safe, so they can be used with any of your cannabis products. Integra offers an array of sizes and relative humidity levels for storing flour, pre-rolls, gummies, blunt wraps, and so much more. For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code SWS at checkout for 15% off of your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com. All right, you guys, we want to tell you about another one of our sponsors. It's Lumi Deodorant. I think we've talked about them before. I keep one of these sticks in my carry-on bag when I'm traveling. I don't like deodorant. It's just one of those things that I never think to pack. So I just make sure I always have it on me. If you guys aren't familiar, Lumi is a whole body deodorant that was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. This deodorant is baking soda free and paraben free, plus it's pH balanced for safe use. I know for me, like I've heard so much bad stuff about deodorant and like what's in it isn't great for you that a lot of the traditional ones that you can buy at your local drugstore just aren't cutting it for me. So I really love Lumi. Plus, they come in a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, which is my favorite, and they also have toasted coconut. And the great thing is, is you can use Lumi all over your entire body. So when you travel, it's so much easier just to have one product. Plus, they also have deodorant wipes, which are super clutch, especially if you're on like the red eye or an overnight flight. And they also have body wash, which is really cute. And it comes in a mini travel size as well. Lumi offers a starter pack that's perfect for new customers. And as a special offer for our listeners, all new customers get 15% off Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code STONED for 15% off your first purchase of LumiDeodorant.com. That's code STONED at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Well, I was thinking about that time that you and Molly talk about driving Molly everywhere. Molly told me years later about you letting her sneak out and you took her to the Jonas Brothers house. You don't know about that? Well, I don't do now. So yeah, th- that was like the night we, or the day we met the Jonas Brothers. At that- I remember that day. What a bad influence you were. Whatever. Or was Molly the bad influence and talked you into it? Please, Bram, please take me. He's so cute. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Well, yeah. And I just love it too that Brandy and Molly are so close right now. As a matter of fact, I've just, Molly's hitting me up because she said that they just adopted two zebras. What's two more? <laughs> that is insane. 
I know it's nuts. We're getting and a- but the great thing about her and Noah was is Brandy and Noah's age difference was so massive, but they had the horses in common, which really made them close and spend so much time together when Noah was younger, which probably wouldn't have happened had they not had that in common. So that's really cool too. Yeah. And I do think like as Noah gets older and you know, kind of moves into the phase that Miley's in now, or you kind of get into like more a little bit more of an adult routine. Um, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll spend more time together and everything. And my mom actually I forget why, what, like the reason was, but you were in California, but all the siblings were here in Tennessee and we all got together. Maybe it was when Reinhardt was here. We all got together and had dinner, just the siblings at Miley's house. And remember you were like, oh, I love that my kids want to spend time together. There was a reason I couldn't come and I, and you're right. I can't remember. And I was so upset though, that I wasn't there because I just wanted to be with you all so bad. But I was also so glad that even without me and you all actually got together and hung out with each other because you wanted to. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy what turning into an adult will do to you. Well, that's what I was going to say right now. Noah thinks you guys are all so lame, I'm sure. (laughs) Which is actually true because now that you're getting older, you do become somewhat lame. But uh, anyway. How old is too old to wear a crop top? Like, do I need to stop? (laughs) Me too. I have on a crop top right now hilarious uh yeah Noah probably thinks I'm such a loser and Miley's always like oh Noah's the coolest person I know oh I know it's true (laughs) you're cool one more question hi Tish and Brandy this is Betsy love the podcast by the way I was laughing out loud when we were talking about thirst traps earlier and so Tish this is a question for you what do you think about your daughters posting thirst traps do you get kind of mama bear on it or do you understand that it's they're in the industry and that's kind of what they do and then also for Tish and Brandy wondering how you kind of find yourself you're both cool collective people how you've really found yourselves over the years and kind of found your purpose in life all right thanks love you guys bye Betsy. Dang, those are really crazy questions and good ones too. I was going to ask you if you saw my fire thirst trap the other day. You know what? Brandy's thirst trap, it was fire. It was, And it was just like, I was obsessed with it. I was like, you go girl. But, at, you know, to answer Betsy's question is there are some thirst traps that my girls post, not really Brandy, but <laughs> the other two. And I am like, when I first see it, I'm like, (gasps) and I gasp and I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you put that out? And then, you know, my kind of reality hat goes on and I'm like, honestly, they're doing the same things every person is doing just about on Instagram. And I, you know, I said it before, like, if you're really posting anything on Instagram, not that it's a sexy thirst type, but we're really wanting likes and all that good stuff. And I think that these, that a lot of people today think that the more outrageous or the more sexy or the more whatever is the more likes, which unfortunately is true. (laughs) And true. I mean, it's just nuts to me. Like my brain doesn't get it because, you know, we're old school, but the truth of the matter is the more outrageous, the more likes. And I think it's just really getting programmed in like, we won't ever know what it was like to grow up with that. It's kind of sad, but I think that's just the way it's going to be. And so I'm trying to just go with the flow, even though sometimes it is a bit shocking. 
I just think like, I agree with you. It is like, it stinks. And I, I always feel so bad for Noah growing up in the Instagram age. But the thing about it is now I feel like even when a kid is like four years old, the parents are taking a picture and then showing it to you and like, ah, look out, you know, whatever. From the time you're like four or five years old, you're going to know what Instagram is. It, it's kind of nuts because it's a completely different world. But anyway, even though I don't understand it, I have now become to accept it. And as far as coming into your own, I really didn't for a long time, especially until I moved to California and was kind of thrown into the music business. And it was just something that came really naturally to me. And I'm sure that's because Billy Ray had been in the music business for a long time. And I don't know, it was just something like that I really truly loved. And I never even expected to have a career. You know, I had you had five kids and I was taking care of them. And I think in that process of just throwing myself in head first and, you know, learning as I went, like I had to grow into my own and especially being out here, like in meetings and, you know, being very protective of my kids because, you know, so many kids get taken advantage of in the business. And so I really had to step up and kind of own myself and be, and it was basically mama bear kicking in as well. But what, for whatever reason, I feel like over the last 15 years, I just grew and grew. And now with the pandemic and kind of having to be here alone, and, and that's another thing I'm not comfortable with. It's really made me come into my power a little bit of just being like, I can do whatever I need to do to be okay. Like, you know, and I just, I feel like I learned that over the last 15 years, but I feel like the last four months has also really just given me discomfort about, and some peace of mind, you know? Anyway, that's, 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 that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. For me, like, I don't know. It's weird. I just feel like it takes growing up to really kind of come into your own. Like you can't really force it when you're in your twenties, can't really rush it. It's just something that happens. I think for me, something that was really important was figuring out like having some sort of consistency in your life, you know, and that, that can look a, a lot of different ways for different people. For me, it's horses. Um, I, a lot of people don't know. I actually stopped riding horses for almost five years right after college. I got really burnt out and I moved to LA and started doing music. And thankfully, I don't even know like if my mom really knows this, but I mean, my mom is the reason I got back into horses because she had a midlife crisis and <laughs> home a horse from Washington, DC and was like, here you go. <laughs> Surprise. Here's Samba. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did this. But because she did that and bought that me that horse, like I got back into riding and it took me getting back into it to realize how much I'd missed it. And now that it's back in my life, like having that constant and that consistency um, has really made me like, it makes you realize like who you truly are at your core and you know, what makes you tick and what makes you happy. And I think that's really important to have. Well, that's great. I was out of my freaking mind. Oh my God. In sane. You really did go through it. I did. You need to what do was wrong with me? A whole episode on your midlife crisis. I'm serious. <laughs> we could have an entire episode on my midlife crisis. Also because I went through menopause at 42. We're trying to talk about that on a different episode. Needs many, I think multiple episodes could be dedicated to your situation. I am serious. Menopause is no joke. It makes it turns you into a different person. And I have three friends that would come on right now and talk about it because it's insane. We'll talk about it on a different episode. It's too loaded for today. Okay, great. If you guys are at all wondering how people are leaving us messages, I'll tell you, we have a Sorry We're Stoned voicemail number where you can call and leave us a message and ask us a question for our Dear MT segment. So 
please do that. You guys, we, it's honestly, I think it's our favorite part of the episode, right? Mom is getting to answer these questions. Absolutely. And the questions are so good. I love your all's questions. And I, you know, it's like so annoying, like when my girls do press and and they ask the same dumb question every single time. I love the answering these questions because they're just so different and things that no one ever asked me. And I absolutely love it. It's so great. But also this week, if you want some really great interior design advice, Matt Sanders is the king and we're going to have him on next week so make sure and send your questions for matt yeah so here's the number to call if you want to leave us a message and ask a question get out your notes section on your iphone people the number is 818-839-0534 one more time 818-839-0534 call us i didn't know you had a friend from high school that was in the house of representatives Okay. First of all, how insane is that? That's cool. It's very cool. And the even cooler part is, is the reason I'm so familiar with it is because Pappy was also a Kentucky state legislator and representative for 22 years. So that's real. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Her name is Terry Branham Clark and she's the democratic representative for the 100th district of Kentucky in the Kentucky state house of representatives. I remember when she went to college, she definitely went to school. I believe it was for broadcasting and she had four kids. She got married young, four kids, raised the kids. And like, she was probably I mean, 50s, maybe she was like 48 or, but that's crazy at that age. That just proves that it doesn't matter how old you are. If you set your mind to something, you can do it. And I feel like our audience is a little younger normally than like my age. But if we're getting some older gals in here, I think it's so important to talk about second acts because I feel like we all feel like we're older and we can't start over and we can't live our dreams full. Like, and I am talking to myself because This girl is truly a representative of that, of literally being a wife, being a mom of four, them off to college, doing their own thing, and then deciding to have a new career and running for office and giving it everything that she did and winning. And so she, of course, has been one of my besties since high school in Ashland, Kentucky, that is. And so I'm really super stoked for Terry to come on and just... Honestly, I want to know all these answers. Her and I like hung out a lot this year at Christmas, but we did not talk business or that kind of thing. We just kind of reminisced. So it'll be cool to hear her tell her story. So her and Missy are tight too? So tight. (laughs) Tight, yo. So tight. Very interesting. Okay, let's get Tara on. Hi, Terry. Hello. Hi, girl. So what you doing? Just arguing with Brandy. Never. Terry is looking, Terry's looking awfully official over there. Don't you think? Terry is official. Really is selling it. All right, Stoners, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here she freaking goes. Mother, we need to tell the Stoners about Mood. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, is right. If you guys don't know, Mood is known for their federally legal THC. Oh. And now they're adding their most potent product yet to the lineup, which that's perfect for Tish. She loves the potency. Honestly, I love Mood. Yeah, Well, great. They're, they're like, uh, they are so good. I, they really do have something for every single Mood. And it actually works the way it says that it does. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. What's your favorite product, would you uh, say? You know what? 
I, I love their pens. Mm, they are okay. really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mood offers uh, things like flour, gummies, vapes, and more. And they have this THCA product that converts into THC when you heat it and you get access to the classic marijuana high. Mood's latest and most potent breakthrough in the world of legal cannabis. All of their products are regularly tested in third-party labs and sourced from small family farms and pesticide-free, which is so important. They have different strains for specific moods, hence the name of the brand. So whether you want like a euphoric, energized feeling or you're feeling more creative and want to chill, they have something for everybody and plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for. Try Moods' new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code SWS. That's hellomood.com code SWS for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Cute. So I was, I was just saying, okay, so Terry and I have known each other forever. It's very similar because Billy Ray said he had never played guitar. He had never mm-hmm. planned on being in a band or music. And he heard this voice tell him to buy a guitar. Right. And he was like, I was like, why would I do that? But it, he said, he just kept having this feeling that somebody was telling him to do that. That is crazy, isn't it? Well, but, and I mean, seriously, that was it. I never had this in my thought process. I mean, I've always been politically minded. You know, I loved history. Being a journalism major, I'm definitely interested in current events, anything newsworthy. So I constantly followed politics, but I never saw myself as a politician. But that's the thing. I think people have lost sight of what a politician actually is supposed to be. It is a public servant. I did spend 30 years working in nonprofits, serving the community in various capacities related to food insecurity, end of life care, Mm. the theater. I love the Paramount Arts Theater, as you do too. Love the Paramount. (laughs) Yeah, breaky video. We have an an onstanding love affair with the Paramount Arts Center. So, you know, I've worked in different nonprofits in service capacities, and I realized that that's really what being a representative of this community is. I'm here to serve the community, be their voice in Frankfurt. And a lot of times we've gotten in the idea that politicians are authority or a place of power, and it's not. If you aren't running for office so that you can serve your community, I think you need to do something else. I mean, honestly, I don't even think of it as that anymore. Right. Like when I think of somebody that's a politician, even here in LA, I love um, Gavin Newsom. I love Gavin. (laughs) I mean, he's amazing. And then our mayor, Garcetti. But Mm -hmm. honestly, when they come on and they're on the five o'clock news, like, first of all, they're both adorable. Yeah. (laughs) And so, but they almost (laughs) seem like a celebrity or like a powerful figure. They don't seem like a servant to me anymore. And it did used to feel like that. It, well, and like I said, you, you're aware Billy Ray's dad was representative and worked in Frankfurt. And that's why I said, we kind of need to return to a little bit of that old school philosophy that you run for office to work for your community. And it's not your full-time 
job. You in Kentucky, we are part-time politicians, part-time legislators. You know, if you actually study history and the setup of our government, it's representation by the people. You you're to represent and be the voice of the community. That's it. <laughs> that is so true. And honestly, Billy Ray's dad, I felt like he actually was a servant. Yes. And he was the head of the AFL-CIO and like mm -hmm. his love and passion for representing the working man and the blue collar guy, like mm -hmm. it was his obsession and his Absolutely. passion and everything was him just serving them. Well, and I think, um, you know, we all share that in common when you're uh, born and bred in Boyd County. <sighs> Most of us originated from blue collar working class families and you become, that's, that's your roots. And when you see what I consider extended family, when you see your family being taken advantage of or not having fair opportunities, you do, you want to jump in there and fight for them. And that's really where my roots are also in labor that, my dad, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they were all railroaders. So when you're a railroader in Eastern Kentucky, you're very aware of the plight of the blue-collar working man. And, you know, we have our steel mills, the refinery. That's just what this community was built on. And it's who we still fundamentally are. Yeah, Billy Ray's grandfather on his mom's side worked on the railroad his papa Casto, and then his dad's dad, um, he was a, a pastor, but Billy Ray's dad worked at a steel mill mm -hmm. and he understood like what needed to change for those people. Right. And he was like, I just can't keep doing this. I have to make a change. And that's why he got into politics because he was working in a steel mill. Right. And so, yeah. you know, he, that's why he was just so passionate about it. My Missy, her dad worked at, at, Armco Steel his whole career. I had two uncles yeah. that were right in there, retired. When the mill closed in October, you know, it was down to about a skeleton crew of 200 guys, which, you know, in the heyday when oh. we were here, it was 8,000. So to watch crazy. it dwindle to a skeleton crew of 200 was hard. And when it closed, I mean, that's just, we were as crazy as it sounds. It was like we had a death in the family in this community. That I'm sure. Because if you think about it, I mean, like when we were in high school, they employed like, or yeah. what, a half of the city <laughs> or a lot of people. I've tried to explain to the kids who have not grown up seeing the same community that we did that, you know, when we were in school, it, it was a situation where, you know, our friends, if they didn't want to go to college and they wanted to go to work on the railroad or at the steel mill or the refinery, it wasn't a thing of putting in application and hope you got a job. It was you picked which one you wanted to go to yep. because skilled labor jobs were so plentiful that it was just a choice. And it's not that way right now. But that is one of the main issues that motivate me because I still believe fundamentally the aspects of our community that made us such a strong industrial community, that hasn't changed. 
But the biggest plus that hasn't changed is our skilled labor workforce and just the, it, it's passed down. You just know how to work <laughs> with our welders and our pipe fitters and our electricians and our plumbers, their dad, their grandfathers, yep. they just grow up learning those trades we somewhat have taken that for granted. And I've come to realize that that really is a phenomenal treasure that we have. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. I also know that I'm, I'm not sure how unemployment's going. I just know that during Corona, you know, I hit you up when I saw all the lines <laughs> of people waiting for checks and food. 18.6 18. in Boyd County. <sighs> I watched a news report yesterday and I think nationwide they're hovering at about 11.1%. Statewide, we are at 16.1%. Um, so yeah, Boyd County, 18.6%. As I mentioned, the steel mill finally closed in October. But then in February, unexpectedly, Our Lady of Belfont Hospital closed. I don't know if you knew what? that. <laughs> yeah. That's where Billy Ray was born. Yeah, closed. Just came out with an announcement. They How is that possible? Oh, thousand jobs lost. And so now one of our major hospitals is gone and all the jobs. And I said, and it's not only the core jobs that were in that hospital. You look at all the support in industries, you yes. know, your vendors that relied on that account that are local, the small businesses that that impact. People that wash the blankets and gowns and yeah. Yeah. Why does everybody really not just grow hemp? Well, I agree. And <laughs> because I was honestly, yes. there's a couple people that I followed and I'll have to send you articles. There's a couple that they started growing hemp mm -hmm. and if employed so many people and now they sell hemp granola in Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and it's all grown right in Kentucky it's, and yes. it's incredible. And then there's another guy, same thing, but he came in to specifically just be a hemp farmer and he mm -hmm. is going around and teaching farmers how to do it. But mm -hmm. like, I mean, how much would that help? That it has become um, one of Kentucky's largest exports right now. I, I, I sat in a committee meeting and it, like I said, it was probably about nine months ago on presentation from hemp farmers and hemp production. And so I don't have the figures right off the top of my head, but it was amazing. The, I mean, Kentucky is establishing itself as the go-to state for hemp production. Uh, but it seems to all be right now more in the western end of the mm. state and somewhat central Kentucky. But we've really got to move that product, you know, the, the growing capabilities or even the processing. One of the biggest issues with hemp is having enough processing plants to be able to do the production. So not only do you have the potential to have growth with growing hemp, but if also in industry with the processing and transportation. One of the most, I had no idea, and it really was beautiful, you ought to check into it, flooring. They had converted hemp into wood flooring planks, and they were beautiful. The planks were just beautiful. So there is a lot of potential, you know, a very controversial subject in Kentucky is medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I am a proponent of medical marijuana. We have such a devastating opioid crisis Mm -hmm. in Eastern Kentucky, specifically Boyd County. Our community has been hit significantly hard by the opioid crisis. I have done a lot of research, a lot of studies in the use of medical marijuana for pain versus opioids. You do not have the personality changes, the um, issues that go on with the brain and the control center and helps with the pain. So on that regard alone, I'm a proponent for medical marijuana, but then if you also look from an economic standpoint for our state, what that could do, it you get a, in my opinion, it's a win-win. Now, like I said, last year, we finally, after a few years of battling, we did get the legislation to the House floor. It passed in the House, then it went to the Senate, and it was not called in the Senate. So that is crazy. We'll go at it again this year. And I, you know, I've talked to our local law enforcement and what we were passing in Kentucky was actually would have been the most restrictive medical marijuana bill in the country. It only allowed for pill form and oil and everyone, you know, had their, their input to make it a safe, option. It drives me crazy that they even talk about it like that, just because you're going to let people drink alcohol and drive. Here we go. Vehicles. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. When something like that goes to the Senate and, and doesn't get approved. So then do mm-hmm. you start back at zero and do you go again and try to get it approved again? Or how does that work? Yes. It pretty much basically died. So, but in January, 2021, we'll have the 30 day session, which will go from January, February, March. So that bill will be filed again, go through committee, come to the house floor again, be voted on. But but this was the first year that it actually has come out of committee and come to the House floor for a vote. I know I've been following it for at least five years. And every year, it either didn't get heard in committee, or it got killed in committee, or it went from one committee, boosted over to another. So it was really a small baby step success to get it to the House floor this year and for it to pass. Because I just am like somewhere where you really look at Kentucky and their issues, I feel like hemp solves a lot of problems, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. like when you let allow medical marijuana use. And I mean, honestly, <laughs> freaking, it's going to end up <laughs> recreational. Let's be honest. Like, I'm sorry, most people in Kentucky, they're smoking pot. Yeah. The, the thing I look at right now, especially too, kind of like what you said, there are already a large demographic in Kentucky that smokes marijuana. Now we have an added problem with it being laced with fentanyl. Holy crap. Right. (laughs) So when you do legalize something, then you have the ability to To regulate. regulate. You know, but I like to know that things are safe and that there are guidelines that need to be adhered to and that you have adhered to those guidelines. 
and it really it does concern me right now that yes. what is being sold on the street it's so scary it one little it. touch of just the smallest amount and you're gone i mean like dead mm -hmm. immediately yeah. so that's that yeah that's a huge reason to regulate and also i mean there's just so many more issues, especially with opioids there. I mean, I feel right. like it would make a huge difference and there would not be as many people taking right. opioids as there are. Well, and like I said, that it is, it's a very controversial subject and I do mm -hmm. get it being a you know lifelong free will Baptist. I understand from that perspective where the argument is. Now, the funny thing is in Kentucky, about 70 to 80% polling shows that most Kentuckians support medical marijuana. And I think that's where it goes back, what I'm saying, that we have such an opioid crisis and people are being treated for pain with a pill that is made in a lab with chemicals that are highly addictive, they are mood altering, they change the control centers of the individual. You can look at the research and the studies of individuals with pain that are treated with medical marijuana and they do not have those same side effects as what you have with opioids. You Completely know, and totally. It, each time I open up the paper and I see someone that we went to school with that we knew that is gone. Oh. My heart. And <laughs> look back and think if medical marijuana would have been available as a treatment option for that person, would they still be with us? And you know, it's just hard for me to understand the argument against that when me people too. are dying. Yep. There's a movie, my friend Mark Menchaca was in this film called The Evening Hour. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not. It's about the opioid crisis in uh, like Appalachian country and it's amazing. It's, you should definitely watch it. It's pretty, I'm watching that tonight. Yeah. Te I was going to say, text me the name of that so that I'll absolutely get it right. And I will, because I watch a lot of the documentaries on opioid addiction, because it really is. I mean, right now, all the discussion is on COVID, mm -hmm. but we are still in the heat of the battle with the opioid crisis. That hasn't gone away. Yeah. And I really try to watch everything on it. And it's just heartbreaking for many of the stories of people who are addicted to opioids. It came from a surgery, an overprescription of yep. pain medication post-surgery. And that's, that's how most people get started. On a path. Okay. And then they're addicted to it. Uh, and I mean, the biggest thing too is like, I think is even people that don't ultimately end up dead from taking it. It definitely changes their lives and not in a good way from relationships to jobs to right. like it ruins lives. And the, th the casualty that we, I mean, everybody looks at, but that we lose sight of sometimes are the children mm -hmm. that are impacted by Huge. a parent addicted to opioids because sometimes we're so focused on the addiction that that person is struggling with but at the same time you have family members you have children yeah and the emotional scars you know they're those are long term and i really worry one you know circling back to the discussion about me running for state 
office when that had never been anything I had considered. It really boils down to children in the state of Kentucky. Uh, I was very concerned about public education. We are working at the 2008 funding levels. And, you know, when I look at education, that is the opportunity that children have. When you have a child that is in a dysfunctional home or in a home with one parent or two parents in states of addiction or a parent that has passed away, that child relies on the services it receives at school. And it's the opportunities for that child lie in public education. Well, when we are cutting services and we are cutting programs. And a it, lot of kids that even make it out for a second come back yes. because their education isn't good enough. Like I said, I just can't scream enough what we need to be doing for public education. And in the previous administration, there was just such an attack on funding for our public schools. The majority of children are going to access education in the public school system. You know, like I said, my daughter, Chelsea, you know, she has three kids pretty much her salary goes to daycare and preschool programs. Absolutely. <laughs> and Most people there cannot afford that. It's, it's just crazy. We have got to invest in our children and invest in those early education programs statewide for every four-year-old. You have access to a, a quality early education program to prepare you and equalize for all children. That's your developmental stages for children. If we could get these children in an organized school program, counselors, mental health care professionals, they're involved, they're able to detect problems and they can address them while the child's developing and change the trajectory of that child's life versus we're waiting till they become a behavioral issue in seventh, eighth, ninth grade, and then that child is sent to a, a you know alternative school within the school system because their behavior doesn't warrant staying in the mainstream classroom. Well, what if we would have got a hold of that child at three? What could we have done for that child's life? This is society. I mean, you know, absolutely. It, it, and it just, I'm outraged. <laughs> okay. I've got to ask her a few fun questions too. Oh, if we could go back, what is something you wish you could tell your younger self? <laughs> well, I would tell my younger self what I told my three mini me's. <laughs> Quit worrying about popular. You know, you go through high school and everybody wants to be popular. Well, who, who's really the judge of that, who gets to say what's popular and what's not. And you graduate high school and you, we get to stay in touch and we get to stay together. You know, you form those friendships and that yeah. matters. You value and hold on to those friendships. But I said, I see so many young people and we saw it when we went through high school that just make mistakes that stay with them a lifetime because they were trying to fit in. Absolutely. Just don't worry about it. You know, express yourself, be yourself, enjoy life, and, you know. Original. Yeah. Yeah. Original. <laughs> I want you to tell us one story about Tish from high school. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I could tell you many. But she always had the very best hair products in the Oh, back. my God. 
That's hilarious because (laughs) Missy was here last week and she said something similar. She did she say that? Yeah, we went to Letitia's house to get ready and because she had the very best hair products. No. Um that's funny actually. No, yeah, I will say you danced to your own drum. You really weren't, you know, all that worried about conforming and fitting in. I very much recall, and I think I may have been the other one with you, there were two people that showed up wearing sequin straight gowns to their junior prom when everybody else was in Southern Bells. (laughs) That is hilarious. I have to find a picture of that because everybody, they even would put hoops under their dresses. Yes. I I was in skin tight royal blue sequins (laughs) with big old puff sleeves. Yes. You did not conform. Your mother did not conform. <laughs> you know what? And that I think is, that's why I always loved her. You know what? It was. It's funny you say that because I really wouldn't have thought about that. That like you know, as you know, I cheered like the entire time I was in high mm-hmm. school. But I was like everything that is not what a cheerleader is supposed to be. <laughs> I'm serious. I hung out with you and Missy and Teresa and Melissa. Yeah. No cheerleaders. I did not hang out with one, you che- saying, one you cheerleader. Would take that cheerle- not one. You would leave the court and take the cheerleading uniform and come hang out with Absolutely. Yeah. So that's funny that you say that because that actually is very true now that right, I think that, back on it. Well, and I think and, that's held true through your lifetime. You are a nonconformist, which I think is great. <laughs> I love it. That makes me feel really good about myself. So thank you. But um, I'm so glad you came on because I I honestly want you to come on more because I love talking about issues specifically in Kentucky because I'd love to. I just, when I come to Kentucky, I just feel like I'm home. And it's, I feel like that about California too. I just, I'm so still interested and want to be a part of like the place that I just love so much because I always say if I could have grown up anywhere, I can truly say I would have like only wanted to grow up there. In my wildest yeah. dreams, if I could have grown up anywhere, I would have grown up right there. It's and a great place I, to. It's amazing. And like like you said, like it was so different when we were high school and, you know, like pretty sad when you see how many things have closed and like if I can be a part of helping. Yes. Brandy, the next time your mom comes to visit, I you need to be with her. <laughs> you, yes. You've got to come visit and hang around with us. Thanks for coming on, Terry. I'm so gl- glad I got to see you because you've been busy. Oh, I, I love seeing you all. We need to, I would do this every week. It would be so fun. And also I want to get me, you, Susie, <laughs> Missy, and Melissa all on. Well, you know, I keep telling y'all we need to go to Myrtle Beach. I'm, I'm in. A girl's I'm in. trip. So I'm so proud of her that she really just made up her mind that she wanted to help people. And, you know, she had never been in politics, ran for office, won, and is now representing Kentucky and Boyd County. It's People like her are who should be in office. People with the with the mindset of like wanting to serve, having that like servant mindset. And I just feel like, especially lately, well, we've been seeing so much corruption with obviously the police. Um, and then, you know, watching that Epstein documentary, so much corruption in our uh, justice system. And it's just so disheartening. So it's, it's actually like awesome to hear somebody like Terry and we need more people like her, which is why it's so important you guys to get out and vote. I just posted on my Instagram story you know, the deadlines are here. Like if you're not registered, get registered because the deadlines are today's Tennessee's deadline. Um, and then they're all the other ones for the rest of the states are approaching. So make sure you register to vote and do your research and know who your state representatives are and and really, um, get to know your local government because that's where all this stuff starts. 
And, you know, we can't really complain about what's going on if we don't vote and, and take a stance. So absolutely. That's the one thing my mom always instilled in me. Actually, I was on my way to give birth to Brandy and I was having contractions and my mother made me stop and vote. I remember you tell this all the time. (laughs) It's insane. But anyway, so that was sort of instilled in me to like, you know, if I want to make a change to get out and vote. So vote, vote, vote. It's so important. And again, like Brandy said, just really getting involved on the local level, which I have not been good at at all. And I've been so educated over, you know, the last few months with everything that's been happening. Well, Tizzle, uh, apparently I'm getting zebras delivered tomorrow, so I have a lot of work to do, so I gotta, I gotta go down there. But uh, before we go, we gotta do our off-limits section. What are you watching, reading, listening to? Like, copy YFT, what do you got? So much. Um, you know what? Actually, I have gone, like, back to Desperate Housewives because I just love it so much, <laughs> and I can't stop watching it. So I keep watching Desperate Housewives, and I, I really want to watch the Epstein thing documentary. <laughs> have to watch it. So I need to catch up on that. But the other thing is, oh, one of my favorite things right now is Willie Nelson's new record. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It came out like three days ago. Um, and the first song on the record is probably my favorite, but do yourself a favor and go listen to Willie Nelson's new record. The other songs and I really just discovered Paul McDonald. I know we've talked about this. His record and his song, New Lovers, is just my favorite song in such a long time. It is so good. So if y'all need things to listen to, Willie's new record and Paul McDonald's record with New Lovers on it. It is so good. Cool. Well, also Noah and Diplo's new video and song is out. So everybody has to go check it out. Like, honestly, it is fire. I was LOLing at Diplo at Far West Farms. It is so good. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Oh, don't forget, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple or wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Um, Not only because it helps us out, but because that way you never miss an episode. Uh, And we would really love it if you just take an extra five seconds and give us five stars. Write us a review if you want. You could hate on us if you want to, but please give us five stars. So even if they hate on us, if they give us five stars, it's all cool. All cool. But I hope you like us. I hope they like us too. But anyway, I have so many things to put up and um, uh, paint colors, Amazon stuff. So I got to get busy. To work, toots. Okay. Love you. I'll see you next week. Bye, stoners. Hey guys, I'm Alana Dunn and I'm the host of Seeing Other People. As an early Hinge employee, a modern dater, and now a fiance, I know the dating world maybe a little too intimately. I'm here to make you feel less alone in your dating journey, whatever it may look like. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Whether you're looking for love or just want to laugh and commiserate with others, tune in to Seeing Other People as we explore the roller coaster that is the ever-evolving world of dating. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.